Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on! From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Thursday. Anxious to talk to you here for the next hour or so as we talk about the latest news in mixed martial arts. And boy, do we have a lot. And of course, sadly, a lot of it has to do with the outside the cages and rings activity. And no, it's not volunteer at a senior citizen home or uh, volunteer work at a food bank or no, it's fighters getting in trouble and and uh, acting a fools what are you gonna do i mean this is this is mma these things happen in mma we do have some fight cards coming up this weekend including one x saturday morning for those of you on the eastern and pacific time zones it'll be saturday night in singapore one at one x takes place it's a pretty stacked card actually you know a lot of times there might be one fight i might be interested on a on a on a one championship card but uh, this one has at least five matchups that are very, very intriguing. UFC Fight Night 205 with Dacus and Blades at the top of the bill. That's this weekend as well. No longer at the UFC Apex. The UFC's traveling on a fight night. Well, I guess they did that in London. But domestically, uh, they'll be in Columbus, Ohio this week. And quick shout out to my colleague, Ken Hathaway, who did a nice little, it's about an hour long uh documentary i guess with matt brown and some of the boys from ohio including the legend mark coleman check it out folks seriously it's one of those where you have your one hour lunch and you got your sandwich and your chips and your drink in front of you and you put your headphones on so no one bugs you and then just chill out and watch it it's mma junkie radio on a thursday march 24th Goes, what did you think of Kent Hathaway's work with um, Matt, the immortal Brown, the boys from Ohio, and, you know, old cold coffee spreading his wings? I mean, he he did it all himself. He did the videography and he did the uh, the interviews. I thought the interview, the interview part was tremendous. I mean, the whole thing was tremendous, but I think Kenny, that's not like something that uh, anyone can do. You know, it's difficult to go in there and not just ask a question, but know how to follow it up and kind of write, write the story as it's happening live in the moment, you know, and that was pretty legit. The the Coleman stuff was was pretty tough. Yeah, some emotional moments from both uh, Matt Brown and Mark Coleman as they reflect on their careers. Coleman's retired. Matt Brown says he wants to go till he's 50. He's 41 right now. 
we all know that's unrealistic. But no, he seriously feels good at this moment. And but he's winding down. He knows that he I think he feels like he has a few more in him. I don't think all the way till 50. I think he feels like like physically he's still okay to compete. And he seemed pretty responsible in the fact that he says he really does get his brain checked out pretty often. So I don't know. A lot of good stuff came out of that. Mark Coleman now a year sober, no alcohol. That's cool. Them two, you know, supporting each other. Um, it was great. You guys got to check it out. You'll see it on MMA Junkie towards the top. Give it a try. Uh, this is just a different type of content. And I encourage you all to to uh, give it a peep because it involves two of the legends of our sport. Coleman, who's, you know, an, a strict, I mean, a, a real OG, like pre-Zufa, um, pre-Unified Rules. Like, this is like a, a Cy Young or a Babe Ruth, I guess. And then for Matt Brown, he's a legend in a different way. Matt Brown never won a world title, we'll say. But he's kind of like uh, a fan's fighter because he's been in those slobber knockers. He's been doing it for such a long time. He's won his fair share of fights, and he's overcome a lot personally. So, you know, maybe a, a different type of legend from what you're used to hearing. You know, you're not going to hear 30-0, and 29-1, 28-2. So, but, but still, as a human being, it seems like he overcame a lot. I learned a lot about Matt Brown that I didn't know before, just the fact that he came from a little town of two, 200. I think he called it a village. It reminded me of Sean Tompkins telling us about how tiny his town was. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, you know, when you think about Mark Coleman, too, you have to remember he fought in Pride as well, right? And a lot of people don't realize, but he fought at light heavyweight towards the end of his career, too, from the UFC. Mm-hmm. That's right. He did dip down to 205. This is these towns are so small. They, um, you know, I I know he made light of it, but it's probably true. And in, in a lot of these small towns or villages, they have volunteer firefighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's they're really really, you know, he's really really country where he came from. He lived in Vegas at one point. Um, in fact, the immortal part of it which is him. See, you might you might feel like when you listen to this for the first time and he talks about cocaine and heroin, that it might be one of the first times you've heard about it, but we've known about this for a long time. In fact, at one point, he got a little uncomfortable talking about it because it was, it was all anyone would ever talk about. But uh, I think he realized, hey, you know, this is a message I can start to send as he matured and had kids. We knew him as a single guy. And now he's got three kids and he's moved around a bit, but he's still doing his thing. But like I say, he's earned, he's earned everything people, you know, all the praises that people hip, uh, heap on him because his fights do not suck, man. They're, they're great fights. He's a big elbow guy. He's a big, you know, take one to deliver one type guy. Um, he's vicious, man. There's got to be some kind of wing in the Hall of Fame for guys like him, Joe Lazan, Jim Miller, guys that never really won a title, but 
like had this big impact on the UFC. Right. I, I don't know if that even makes sense to put him in the hall, but something has to be done where these guys are just kind of recognized. Yeah, because once we, you know, we're off and running and the game is going to be different now. And I'm starting to see that the game is going to be similar to boxing where you pad your record a little bit and then you start coming into some big fights. You can already see it with certain fighters going, no, I'm not fighting bigger name fighters until I get out of this contract and that contract or I'm, I'm demanding this and that. And that's fine. Fighters should stick up for themselves. Uh, so we will phase them out goes. You're right. Lausanne, Cerrone, Cerrone, yeah. excuse me, um, Brown, Sanchez. There's just a lot of fighters that went out there and had these wars and, and then they survived the, the 20, the 20 fight Mark Miller. And so they got to the 30 fight Mark Miller might even make the 45 Mark, but that in itself is pretty remarkable and their contributions helped help spurn MMA to what it is now where we have all these promotions that that seem to do pretty well, you know, and, and are starting to now, like I say, take things into another direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, uh, again, that quick plug for our, our producer, Cold Coffee, definitely proud of him. Let's get to some of the stuff here that we're not proud of. Jorge Masvidal has been arrested. And he faces two charges after that alleged Colby Covington altercation in Miami. I like how we have to continue saying alleged. I mean, there's video of it. He admitted it. I think that was his downfall goes, to be honest, was that video he put out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, about 48 hours ago, they were engaged. So I'm not sure we talked about this on our last show. I don't think we I don't think we did. So he was some of you might be hearing it for the first time. Masvidal um, and Covington got into it at Poppy Steakhouse in Miami Beach, and I'm not going to fucking say alleged every single time. Allegedly got into it, yeah, they got into it in Miami Beach. Um, so this was like late Wednesday evening. Wait, no, this was no, uh, no, no, sorry, Monday, 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 yeah. And um, we're starting to find out more and more, but it does appear to be a little bit of a sneak attack. Uh, on Masvidal's part, and I think it stems from Covington having dinner with a, a group called the Nelk Boys. They are YouTubers, podcasters, and they've been on the scene lately. Um, well, for a while, but lately they really, really popped. And so they're having dinner, and I guess one of them was doing the whole stories or, you know, you know how you're letting someone know where you're at at that moment live versus posting a picture as you're once you've gotten home, Hey, this is what I, you know, where I had dinner or something like that. And they're at the steakhouse and I guess Masvidal's team became aware of it. And so they headed down there and they caught Colby as he was coming out. You can see Masvidal screaming at him and saying, you shouldn't have talked about my kids. Apparently he delivered a couple strikes one that may have uh, cracked a tooth, one that may have bruised the wrist, but nothing like, you know, Colby didn't fall backwards and split his head open. Um, I don't even think Colby have a shiner. He's always with his glasses anyway, but I don't think he'll really have much of a shiner or anything like that. So really, in in my opinion, really, I don't think it's anything that was a big deal. Um, but it's turning into a big deal, goes because Masvidal then posts about it and says, 
this is how we get down in Miami. You know, I'm paraphrasing here, but wait, you don't script. think it's a big deal though? No, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, think about it. Like when you think about the stigma of our sport, this is exactly what everybody wants us to do, right? These mm-hmm. types of things. These guys are animals. They're crazy. They do this. They do that. On the heels of some of like the top fighters in our sport are the ones that get in the most trouble, right? Like John Jones, right? I mean, isn't it crazy that to start the show when we said some guys have gotten into trouble, like you really don't even know who we're talking about because there's so many of them. Mm -hmm. It could be John Jones. It could be Conor McGregor, which we're going to get to. It could be uh, Nate Diaz. It could be Jorge Masvidal. You just never know. I think it's a big deal, but I'll let you finish your your, your thoughts. And then, and then well, we'll like if in comparison, like the Russians versus the two and nine crew at Planet oh. Hollywood, the Tito versus Lee Murray in the streets of London. To me, they're just more like stories that just go down, like uh, of stuff that that happened. You know, you've heard of worse fights in gyms, honestly, that don't get talked about, but they are public figures. And yeah, we don't want sneak attacks happening every night for sure. And these are very, very popular fighters. But I kind of expected something to go down. They both talked about it, it was on site. And so it finally happened. But when the dust settled, and I thought, well, one guy just got cracked, kind of like kind of like Leon Edwards and and Jorge Masvidal. I'm not even sure the UFC did anything, you know, other than maybe say publicly, ah, eh, well, we don't subscribe to this. We don't want our athletes doing this. And we're going to suspend them for three months, which means they can't fight for three months, which they probably weren't going to fight for three months anyway. But it's more of a PR thing. Um so to cover their asses but i you know for someone to get arrested 48 hours later on you know a possible felony and all this i i think it's like it's getting out of hand now now where i do think it was a blunder is obviously masvidal's admission i think this would have just been one of those stories that came out and now um the legend of street Judas, like or street Jesus, street Jesus would have kind of, you know, taken another level, kind of like, you know, those fights with Kimbo. The videos would be released like a six months to a year later. No one talked about it except on the streets. Gannon and Kimbo and the stuff down in Miami, and I don't know. I I just don't think he needed to run to to tell everyone what he had just done for one because. As he's starting to transition into another phase where he's Masvidal, the businessman, and you saw it yesterday how it looks to have stung him in the ass because as a promoter, his game-bred promotion, I think, was trying to get a license in Nevada, and they said, we're going to have to table it for later. We're going to have to give him more details. Like, you know, you're representing yourself as as a certain type of person, but we're reading something else happened you know, recently, and we need to get to the bottom of this. So that's going to sting the bond the bills or whatever you know yeah does he have the money of course he does but um it's just the waste of time i think for these guys that's what it is more than anything it's just the waste of everyone's time you have to you have to say okay attorney defend this guy okay judge see and hear this case and then tell us how we're all going to be back in 15 days and they all have to go down you know babysitters and it's just like what a waste man like when, when you could just go Wow, you got him, huh? All right, cool. Well, who's fighting? Who are they fighting next? Because we already know in the cage, we already know what happened. And on the street, this happened. And again, luckily, no one really, really seriously got hurt. And that's why I'm just trying to sweep it. Mm-hmm. 
it's just, it's an odd situation because, of course, it's wrong. You can't be fighting out on the streets like that. But I don't really feel sorry for Colby Covington because the second he crossed the line, mm-hmm. you just this is the world you live in now. When you start making fun of people's families, when you start making fun of their kids, uh, you know that these types of things are going to happen. And and he did that. And especially with a guy like Jorge Masvidal. You know, like when Chael Sonnen said the things he said about Anderson Silva, he knew when, if he goes to Brazil, it's, it's going to be on. Same, Actually, same thing with Colby Covington. So yeah. you can't really play that shocked card where you go, I can't believe people are like, no, this is what you signed up for. And this is probably, I don't know that this is ever going to end. Like, this might be something you carry for a very, very long time within our sport. Uh, so I don't feel sorry for him that this happened. But at the same time, I, I guess I can't really condone the fact that it happened. You know, some some people are saying, look, Masvidal had his chance. It was in the cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And I get that. And I can agree with, to that to a certain extent. But the guy told you what was going to happen. He told you should have known. You know, three piece in a soda, like you know that these things are coming. So none of this should be shocking to us, right? And people can say that because he was unsuccessful, kind of in his street attack. If you think about it, it it really didn't amount to much. Um, it's not really captured on film, and you don't see like at least with Leon Edwards, uh, Leon kind of started it. In the middle of Masvidal's interview, Masvidal comes over there and says, say it to my face. Something goes down. He throws a three-piece in a soda. He puts that little saying on the map. He, you know, Leon's mouth is bleeding. Like, I, I thought he acquired more street swag with that one. With this one, it's kind of like a four-on-one attack. It looks like a three- or four-on-one. Uh, and it wasn't like he came face-to-face. See, Leon saw Jorge coming up. It looks to me like Colby didn't. And so he got to wail on him without him looking. Now, again, I subscribe that to anything goes on the streets. Honestly, I don't think there are some some rules, I guess, to the different types of encounter there are going to be on the streets. But at the end of the day, I think there's one rule on the streets, and that's kind of anything goes. And that even goes for guns and bats and blades and whatever. But, you know, I think Masvidal had implied if i see you i'll walk up to you and it's on but kind of like i pictured masvidal walking towards colby as colby's maybe walking towards his car and saying you got something to say now and then you know i guess it could be on at that point i'm sure colby probably goes in for some sort of a a takedown and a body slam or whatever and masvidal maybe you know tries to piece them up but then now they don't have confines you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so i don't know but I, I I don't I think he failed in that mission. You know, like the the street swag doesn't really go up too much in my book. He'll always be one of the baddest dudes in terms of you know in terms of that. But like Conor McGregor when he threw the dolly, see I thought he was out of line because he was going after Habib, but he was also ruining a show. He was also putting others in jeopardy. The you know he wound up getting some uh, glass in people's eyes. So I thought he kind of misplayed that. But the gangster part of him was like, oh, you're going to confront my boy Artem in a hallway? A few of you Russians? Well, guess what? We're all hopping on a private jet. We're going to go across the pond, and now it's going to be on. Okay, I was was kind of subscribing to that or whatever. But 
you know, in the end, I don't know. Like I say, it just seemed to be more of a waste of people's time. He didn't really accomplish what he wanted to. If you see the videos of Habib inside the bus, he didn't look too troubled. You know what I mean? So, but I don't know. Like I say, they, they're all different. All, all of these things are different. Let me ask you this. At what point do you think, or do you think it'll even happen, that the UFC will have to step in and either say or do something? Because here's what happens. This could have very well escalated to something even worse, right? Guns, knives, you never know. There's plenty of guys in mixed martial arts that are behind bars for things they've done with knives, guns. Um, There's a lot of guys that have been locked up for these types of things, okay? So do you wait until something like that happens? Or eventually do you do you finally stand up and say, look, dude, you guys need to stop coming at people's kids and and families and all this shit. Like, enough's enough already. Now would be the time if they're going to say it, yeah. Now would be the time because the, the biggest offender of it is Colby. You know, he does it with Poirier where he brings in wife and kids and Masvidal. But so does Connor though? Yeah, you're right. So does Connor. Um, could it have been worse? Yeah, it could have been worse in that if if the sneak attack results in, like I said, someone falling, bumping their head, and and uh, them dying from that. That's huge news for sure. Now you're talking about prison time. You know, yeah, like that that would have been a bit much, but um, that didn't happen. And so, yeah, the warnings can go out. I think one thing Covington can probably do, because I don't think he should press charges, to be honest. I think he should just let it go. He beat him in the cage. That's really the most important of the two. And then Masvidal, you know, lit him up on the streets and maybe he got some satisfaction out of that. Or maybe he still harbors anger where he he feels like, I'm going to keep doing this, but... The one thing Colby can do is probably get some sort of a restraining order where now the guy can't even be around him for 100 cool. yards, 500 yards, and that's that. And then Colby can just go about his business because if you look at the video, he's like, where'd this guy come from? How did he know? So you could tell there was a concern of I, sh- I shouldn't have to deal with this, I guess. Um, and and then to top it off, it appears that the Nelk boys may have <laughs> been the one that put the pin down you know as far as like where where this cat might be by posting on social media and so if anything like the, you know I, maybe Kobe might be pissed at them I don't know well let's talk a little bit about that so Kobe we can't really necessarily say is the person that press charges because a they have Marcy's law right which does not reveal the identity but had nobody pressed charges, it's a good chance that uh, the city would press charges, right? So we don't really know. But I imagine it was Colby Covington. And again, I don't have a problem. I mean, I have a problem in the sense that he did it. But I don't have a problem with being surprised. Because this is what he's going to do. This is like, these are the things he likes to do. He likes to get under people's skin. And I think he knows the way to do it is to hit him in the pocketbook put them behind bars. You know, the fact that now it's in jeopardy here in Vegas, whether or not he could do his promotion, that's his way of getting back. And he tells you that he's going to do these types. Like he's, 
he's very good at being kind of like a worm, right? And that's why I don't think you should be surprised one bit if you're Jorge mm. Masvidal or even a fan or whatever. Like, I can't believe, you, you know, what happened with – it. Colby Covington does not play by the rules. Like, you should know this by now. Yeah. Well, you know, like I say, if, what could have happened and all that, like – I. I'm not going to think about it as much right now because it didn't happen and not, and, and there aren't as many serious of these, you know, possible conflicts brewing. In my opinion, there's been some, there will be some, how can the UFC nip it in the bud? Um, I don't know. This one's different because they reside in the same town and I get it. Miami's probably pretty big. It's probably like you and I being down in orange County and the other guy being in, in, in Los Angeles, but, Regardless, they all seem, you know, Miami Beach seems to be a, a pretty hip spot. And mm-hmm. Masvidal was born there. Covington has moved there. They both have acquired their own types of contacts. But, um, like, you know, with McGregor and Team Dagestan, that, that, how often are they going to cross paths? And, you know, what scares me goes is uh, I've seen this happen in the rap world. Yeah. And they take it to to the level of guns for sure. Um, in this world, I don't know that. I I, th- I think the fighters know know better. Like they 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 feel like their hands are their guns. Like when mm-hmm. they go out, somebody wants something, I'm ready to go. Here are my hands. Check out my hands. I don't think I know a lot of them. You know, are Second Amendment. You know, they they they. Uh, pro second amendment they have their guns and but i I just don't think they really pride themselves like i'm gonna get my gun and go settle the score this way i think they're more programmed to settle the score with their fists so luckily we may dodge a bullet there i don't know um when you're embarrassed though when when people are embarrassed is when people do things like this right Mm -hmm. when you look at like school shootings and kids who are the kids that are usually doing this? They're the ones that have suffered the most embarrassment, right? Getting picked on every day. They're at their lowest. So you just never know, dude. Like I wouldn't put it past anyone. But like, is there a piece of you that ordered the Masvidal Covington pay per view because he went after his family? Like you wanted to, you wanted them to squash that beef, right? Like you didn't need that. That wasn't what put you over. Why you? Oh why yeah, you, no, I agree. Colby shouldn't really be going. Like, I mean, we as a sport, we have to have some kind of like pride, you know, amongst fighters too, like some kind of code. That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't take much for the UFC to just the next time somebody does this to just go, "Hey, cut the shit. We don't need that part. We get it. You guys are gonna fight. You hate each other. That's good enough for us. But you can't just stand there with a smile on your face while another guy's." saying that another guy fathered your kid and you know like you just can't do that i don't think the ufc will but yeah i, I would imagine that speaking with the managers and letting the managers know the athletes to tone it down that's that, that's definitely a start um what's what's funny is what gets fans to order pay-per-views or to get more interested is you can be as silly as muhammad ali was you know, Muhammad Ali is obviously a legend, but he would have a lot of say- sayings that just rhymed. Mm-hmm. And, but he, you know, he was such a good boxer that between how he captivated the crowd inside the ring 
and then was colorful enough outside the ring. It's kind of all that mattered, but yet we still refer to him as a good trash talker. And, um, you know, Ric Flair had a different type of a style or whatever, but we pro wrestling is different because I think we all show up kind of like to a fake world where even if, if he were to say, ask your wife where she was last night, like, I feel like I'm at a, um, at a show where they're acting, you know what I mean? And so before they go out, let's say, let's say they both, let's say Jake, the snake Roberts. And no, 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 no. How about uh, Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth and um, Ric Flair? Go on Piper's Pit. I don't know. Making shit up, I guess. But they were probably backstage laughing at what they're going to say. You see what I'm saying? It's not real stuff. So now whatever it is that they say, hey, you may want to ask Miss Elizabeth where she was during that six-month break. She was riding Space Mountain. Woo! You know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, have they ever said stuff personal like that? Yes. Um, Have guys and gals hated each other behind the scenes? Yes. But it wasn't, like, as venomous, I guess, as you see in this sport because this sport is – everything that's happening is definitely more real and a lot of them are are multi-millionaires too they have that security of like i still go home and i still you know am happy i'm not grinding for every single penny but our sport just hasn't gotten there yet or at least not all of them masvidal definitely has i imagine covington will start making better paydays now but um now another thing about our sport is our sport is a worldwide sport and there are countries where this will get you killed you know like this is america i get it and most of this is happening in america but there's a lot of fighters out there that you just can't say this about it because they're third world countries where this will get you killed and these fighters are constantly in and out this sport sometimes goes outside of the boundaries of the united states or whatever so that's why you know not not everyone subscribes to man come on it's it um it's a it's a promo like i think a lot of fighters are like i don't even know what the fuck a promo is but watch how i watch how i'll stab this guy if he gets near me you know well i was gonna read my next question because of what went down does it at all make you want to see a rematch and do you think the ufc is going to try and shove that down our throats because of what happened well the division they're in, 170, to me, looks like this. From the interviews that I've seen or the stuff I've read, Kamaru Usman will defend against Leon Edwards on International Fight Week. But if his hand doesn't recover, let's put him in August or September. I don't know. Which means the winner of Usman and Burn, sorry, uh, who did I say? Edwards, can probably fight in December. If Colby thinks he might be able to get the winner based off beating Masvidal, he might have a point when it comes to Edwards. Because Colby Covington comfortably sits at number two. However, Usman's now defended the title five times. He's in that range where if he were to lose, the UFC would go, well, let's run it back. If Usman's down, unless he hurt his hand again, or maybe Usman wants to take time off, you know, I don't know. But he's in that range where that can happen. That said, I have to cover all my bases because the history of MMA is so weird that I have to think back of things that happen. Aldo had defended his title seven times, yet when Connor beat him, 
they weren't anxious to give Aldo a rematch. You know, granted, he got knocked out, I guess, a little bit of time to recover from that or whatever. But that was a different case because at least what Connor was willing to do was try and make history by becoming a simultaneous champ champ. What's the difference between a champ champ and a simultaneous champ champ? It means holding both belts at the same time. That was pretty historical. This guy was a, a, a money, a cash, cash machine for the UFC. And so I think the UFC was willing to ride it and let it happen. Unfortunately, at the expense of Jose Aldo. But most of the time, those fighters, when they get in that range, like Amanda Nunes, who's defended her title, tight tolls seven times, they'll usually go, we can run it back if that's what the champ wants. And usually it's a big fight that the new champion is willing to engage in because the former champion usually has a name, and that's why Pena and, and um, Amanda are probably going to you know, do well because Pena brought a lot to the party. So, again, going back to what I'm saying here, Covington is the only one that's a contender at this moment. And if he feels like I can get the winner and I'm going on to bigger paydays or, or, you know, been there, done that or whatever, then he probably will. And I think, I think he, I think this will be, um, he's going to hold the cards. You know, he's, he became the A side in a way. And so it'll be up to Masvidal if he wants to do it. I don't know if the UFC can kind of pressure him into doing it because he has already gotten out of the UFC's doghouse. It appears to me like, you know, Dana heaps praise on him and, and points out like, if it wasn't for Usman, this guy might be the guy as awkward as he is, as this, whatever. But um, it'll kind of be up to him. Could it happen? Yes. Would I be into it? Of course. Initially, I'd be like, well, it just happened. What have you shown me since then? But you know me, man, as we get closer to the fight, I'm so worried about other stuff like Blades and Dockers, 1X. The next boxing match, my Lakers, Man United, this, then all of a sudden they go, hey, it's this week, Covington and Masvidal. And how, why would I not be looking forward to it? You know what I mean? It kind of, there's like the initial reaction, and then there's the, re and then everything gets buried for two months. And then here we are, they're fighting tomorrow. I'm sort of with you. I wouldn't, if that's the top of your billing, I wouldn't be too happy. But if it's uh, a side to go along with your stake, I'm okay with it, probably. Could you see the UFC going like this goes? Hey, Covington, it's unfortunate what happened, but this thing's popping. Why don't you fight George one more time? That'll be big for both of us. We're definitely going to give you a bump in pay. And if you beat him again, we'll say that he's won. You know, he's got to win on the streets. You got to win in the cage. We'll bill it as 1-1, one, one, you know, kind of like that thing. Um, and But we guarantee you the winner of of um burns or I keep saying burns we'll guarantee you the winner of edwards versus uzman or an uzman part three or whatever you know like he yeah. may want to do it and i'll tell you why because colby covington kind of had an easy time with masvidal his skill set of wrestling troubles masvidal masvidal said it himself i'm not clowning these were his words that guy that boy can wrestle he's you know and um and he's got cardio so he may look at it as like you know, well, it kind of is an easy payday. I'll just shut this guy up for good. Um, and they're guaranteeing me a shot. So that leverage game is really, really big in the UFC right now for a lot of fighters. And and that's why I could see this possibly, you know, happening again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I could see it happening too. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it'll happen soon. I think it, it'll happen maybe a year from now. 
I think Burns and Shemaev, finally I get to say Burns and he fits in. Burns and Shemaev is going to be key, and I'll tell you why. Because whoever looks good there, let's face it, if Burns beats Shemaev, I mean, he will, that's like this hype train that, that that's out there where you're like, you know, Shemaev is like a contender in two belts. He's really looked that good. And if Burns can be the one that quiets this, then Burns may have earned himself a second shot as Colby did, as Masvidal did, because he was willing to, to fight somebody that not a lot of people uh, wanted to. If Shemaev wins, well, now he can't say, but who is he fought? He just beat Burns. Burns is like, you know, top five. So mm-hmm. now, it, now you're looking at a collision course of Shemaev and Usman, and the UFC might be going, ah, we kind of don't need you right now, Colby, you know, so go do your thing with Masvidal or... Or go call out Adesanya. The UFC is just as vicious in that regard as the fighters. So the fighters are definitely trying to gain leverage and say, add another zero and I'll fight. And the and the UFC is looking for these little storylines where where where, the, where things can change, you know, on a dime. Those things always crack me up where Usman can go, I'm touching Maya. Who's he fought? And then they can go, how about Conor McGregor? Oh, okay. You know, like he's mm. fought someone. I saw that whole interview on the Mac life with Oscar and Mm -hmm. Connor at the pub. I found it very entertaining. You know, I hadn't really seen an extended McGregor interview in a while. And and that's because McGregor's too busy being a PR machine. Everything is a, is a PR machine. Everything's like a, what can I say? Okay. So I'll give you an example. They're at, they're at his pub and, the forks in that restaurant are the best. And the brewer of the beers, we we actually got the best in the world. The chef happens to be, guess what goes, the best in the world. Our food is the best in our, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Give me some of that, but not the whole time. And so as they're asking them, how's your leg? Great. I got the best doctors. I'm going to be back. You know, like, I, you know, I, I guess once again, if, Media works in the way where 90 to 95% are going, yeah, fuck yeah, (laughs) pick my nose, you know, like, then I guess he's got to do it, you know, but there's so many of us that know the truth and we are sitting there going, oh my God, you know, and we're the ones that go to Twitter and and Instagram and piss fighters off because we bring them back to reality. He -hmm. cannot be fighting Camaro's, but I know he wants to go for the historic you know, three divisions, and it does sound great, Connor. I'm not against that, but you don't really have much of an actual history in 170 other than these fights that you've had only because you didn't want to lose weight, and the other guy agreed to it, and you're so powerful and popular that the UFC was willing to go with it, but it really didn't gain you contendership in the division, and this division, again, I just ran through some names like Covington, Burns, and Shemaev, Edwards, Muhammad, uh, Luke, I, I don't know. Yes, again. So here I go. Has the UFC done that before where they did the wildest things? Yeah, I guess that's why we always have to consider this. But I watched Dana White enough to know that when he kind of shuts things down a little bit, he's shutting them down. I think what Connor should concentrate on is Oliveira because with Gagey, Chandler, Ferguson, Poirier, Either out of the way, either out of the way, or at least having their shot, which Gaethje's the one that currently has the shot at Oliveira. But everyone else seems to be out of the way, including Makashev goes. Remember Makashev declining that fight 
on late notice or playing that game, it, it appears to have cost them. That could have been Dana White actually moving a piece on the chessboard there and going, oh, well, no, now he's got to take a fight because of his big old mouth. You know, um, that may have actually allowed for that for Conor McGregor to enter off these losses. He's lost three or four in MMA, four or five, if you include MMA and boxing, straight into a Charles Oliveira shot. Because like you said, if you ask the champ, what would you think about Conor McGregor? You know, they can't help themselves but to go, well, cha-ching. Yeah, Conor McGregor would be a a really tough matchup, you know, but cha-ching is pretty much, they got those dollar signs in their eyeballs. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, I guess we might as well transition to Conor McGregor arrested, right? <laughs> I know we haven't even gotten to him. Uh, what was he doing? Speeding? Uh, reckless driving. What does that mean? Um, did he just got get caught looking on his phone for a second and then just drifted off into a few lanes? Or was he like mm-hmm. literally just in and out, in and out, in and out? Which Probably. I guess that would be. Yeah. Because they, re- they, they, they took his car. You know, like I would imagine if you're just on your phone or something like that, they, they probably wouldn't arrest you for that. So I imagine maybe running a couple red lights or something, you know, something like that. We don't have too much information on it, but uh, yeah, man, I mean, fuck. Life Dude. must get so much boring. Life must get so boring for the rich and powerful that they just have to you know, do things like this. Yeah, he was driving his Bentley in West Dublin and it's a $187,000 car. Police returned it to him after it was briefly seized. Uh, We think it's McGregor, but technically over there, they're pretty strict with their privacy restrictions, that that country. But how many people own $187,000 Bentleys that happened to look like Conor McGregor, and then how many people involved in a pullover like that and a booking maybe or whatever, there's there's always these leaks. So, yeah, it was McGregor. I think is, to top it all off, I think the um, McGregor, like the McGregor team, yeah, they've already said, yeah, 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 we're dumb. Um, he passed drug and alcohol tests, so that's good. But this is 18 convictions goes to his name. Um, that he has, which are driving related. And what I can tell you is I'd hate to see him wrap his pole around, wrap his car around a pole and kill himself because he's being reckless and bored or whatever. A, get a driver. You know, I I know you got these fast cars for a reason, I suppose, but I don't know, man. Um, At some point, as smart as you are in fighting, aren't you smart in life? Like, he probably will read this article. Won't that stand out? God damn, eighteen convictions driving alone. I think after a I'm while, not a good driver, think, am I? Or I'm pretty. I act. I act kind of dumb on the streets. Well, you know, I, I need to stop this. I don't know. I think after a while, you read these types of things and you look at it more as like got away with another one. You know, like can't stop me. Just a slap on the wrist. I don't know. You think they're the rich and powerful are just bored and they have to do this? I think they don't think things out. I think they just don't under they just don't look at things the way we do. I think they look at it as uh man, I could do whatever I want. 
I think so. They, and I don't know how to reprogram human beings. You just have to learn it on your own, I suppose. Um, I felt like any time I got out of hand when I had a little bit of money or was having fun or just, you know, doing VIP type of shit, something within me was always still saying, no, 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 that, that would be dumb. No, 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 stop right there, you know, or whatever. It wasn't a lack of cojones. It wasn't um lack of adventure. It was just, I knew that, let's say, like, if I was on a vacation, just because I was in a nice suite, maybe, or, or a balcony hotel room, I knew I wasn't going to be there on Monday, you know, or whenever my vacation, and I was going to hop on a plane, and it wasn't going to be a private plane. I was going to be in my coach seat. And then I'd be back to reality. And you know what goes? I loved it, man. I would love it. I would love coming home and being humbled and not worried about because this would happen when I traveled mostly to South America. South America, man, the dollar is so powerful. You go down there and um your money goes a long way and you can just do things, I guess, that you normally normally don't do here. But then you come back and you're humbled, and it's such a great feeling because you realize I don't need a ninety thousand dollar Rolex on my on my uh wrist. I don't need uh a $187,000 car. I don't need a $5,000 suit. None of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like life, you see other people having so much fun with life and having less worries and they have a 10th of what you have. Yeah. Yeah. Things get weird. I don't know if that's that. I would totally be a knucklehead too, but I don't know that I would be, uh, I don't think I'd get in trouble with the law. I'll give you an example. Remember, remember our trip to Germany? What that cost us? Like between five and ten grand between all the tickets to the games. This is the World Cup in Germany. All of the money we spent on fuel, driving around, you know, the the, the car rental, the flight, the hotels, the food, the drinks. You know, me, you, Dad, and Mario probably spent about five to ten grand each, somewhere around there. And these guys pay those types of fines, like. Literally, you know how we talk about, hey, are we going to Russia for the World Cup? No, we'll have to go to the next one. Hey, are we going to Qatar? You know, and so it's every four years, and you, you think of these trips, and like, folks, for five or ten grand that these guys give away, I just think, wow, I could go on another trip. I have two weeks worth of memories from that trip goes. Mm-hmm. Our side trips to um, Prague in the Czech Republic, to Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and then driving all around Germany, like, that was awesome. You know, I, I would just think I can do that with my money rather than just pay a fine or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, really quick, you know, one thing that we did forget back with uh, the other topic of Covington and all that was Khabib. Did you see his remarks? Uh, they better be good ones because he's done some dumb stuff too. But what do you say? Khabib? Yeah. He says he wants everybody to blackball Covington. So he says, if you are stronger than someone inside the octagon, it does not mean you can insult his children. No one has the right to insult someone's family. Once you've gone down that path, then be ready to back your words. You were attacked by a professional fighter the same way you are your own size, and you can go press charges against him to the police. I think all welterweights should refuse to fight Colby. Just don't accept fights with him. Let him sit out without a fight. It will probably, it will probably significantly affect him and all fighters who even think of insulting families. Who is provoking the fighters to look for someone 
in our restaurant to deal with him. It's a good thought towards this not happening again. I just don't know if it's realistic because, again, I think the UFC doesn't like to shackle themselves and or handcuff themselves with restrictions on what fighters can say or do. This is an extreme case, like I said, that, uh, I, you know, we've seen personal rivalries in the past. Aldo and McGregor, Sonnen and Anderson, Jones and Cormier. But they're separated like every three years. I think the UFC is just equipped to deal with it when when they deal with it. Now, each time it does appear to get worse. Um, his strategy of punishing Colby like that. Look, there's just someone... There's just someone that doesn't subscribe to what Habib's saying who's thinking, no, I'll just fight him. How's that sound? Because if I win, now I'm the number two ranked welterweight in the world, and what do I care? You know, like, we, that's something I gave up on a long time ago. I really felt, I really felt like mankind goes in general. We all kind of subscribe to the same rules on the planet, I guess, and the same thoughts, but that's nowhere near being close. Do not expect your friends to be thankful of you buying them lunch and thinking, well, next time it's going to be on them. Um, there's just a lot of them that don't even think about that. They don't keep that score. They don't think much of the fact that you treated them. Like, um, this isn't me outing anybody or saying anything personal. I'm just saying, like, there's just a lot of people that, yeah, like, they won't be as courteous uh, or, you know, if you go, if, if you go home and say, Hey, let's, let's do something. They may not do it when they're in your town. Like I say, to, to think that everyone's the same way now, nah, man, um, that's one thing I've definitely realized. So it looks good on paper, but I just know there's probably, if there's a hundred welterweights or 80 welterweights, there's, t there's 20 of them laughing at that as they eat their, their Apple Jacks this morning. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. But I do like the stars saying it because usually what stars can do, like Habib, is they can influence others. And so there might be a kid that sees that and goes, yep, that's how I want to be like Habib, and that's how it's going to be like me. You got to be an honorable man and blah, blah, blah. So I, I like PR statements like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just shitting on it. I'm just saying, is it realistic? Is it going to happen? No, I think Kobe will fight pretty soon. <laughs> you know, he came out of that pretty healthy. Um. But uh, there's something to what Habib said. I, I respect that. And he's got his own promotion. See, he might apply that in his own promotion, but Covington doesn't fight there. So, mm -hmm. true. Yeah. Um, James Gallagher is out of the Bellator Grand Prix. And so Sergio Pettis. So this Bantamweight division is popping over at Bellator. They got some good fighters, man. They got, you know, Patchy Mix. Kyoji Horiguchi, Juan Archuleta, these two that I just mentioned. And the, the champion is supposed to fight in these Grand Prix and defend his title along the way. But with Pettis apparently out of the Grand Prix altogether, I guess what will happen is this cat will just be awaiting the, the winner uh, of this Grand Prix. The Grand Prix winner also gets a belt and... A million bucks so gallagher and pettis can't do that pettis still remains champ you know and he'll just fight the winner i guess but they're not eligible for that that kind of sucks and what sucks is yeah bellator had a quality eight 
Bantamweights, the alternate, I guess, was Josh Hill. He's all right. But I don't remember them having 10 or 11 or 12 Bantamweights. Like, this thing's kind of falling apart a little bit. It, it, it lost a little bit of its luster. It did. And, you know, I was super psyched about all this. Um, but, yeah, that does hurt pretty, pretty bad right now at this point. Um, but it's unfortunate. That's something that happens with these types of things, Grand Prix. But Bellator had been pretty good about avoiding these these sort of things in past Grand Prix. It's happened, but maybe not to the level of why the UFC says they don't do it, you know, because things just fall apart too too much. Um, with the UFC, though, you can plug in so many fighters that it almost doesn't matter. But the roster at Bellator is a little different, even though this is one of their, their better divisions. I agree. Um, I'm trying to think here. Hold on a second. I'm seeing. I'm trying to see if there's like a a bracket here that I can reference. But I know that Leandro Higo is another guy. Raytheon Stotts is another guy. And there's some fights that have been made. Some that are already going down. Like Horiguchi is fighting Patchy Mix. Archuleta is fighting Raytheon Stotts. And Josh Hill is fighting Enrique Barzola. That's an alternate match. So they're 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 plugging pretty good. You know, it's I shouldn't say like there's this monster drop off, but Gallagher was supposed to, let's see here, he was supposed to fight Magomed Magomedov. Hmm. Well, I think in the end, you know, Grand Prix do fall apart. Yeah, I get it. But the champ, you definitely want him to take place in it. Cormier won a Grand Prix as an alternate mm-hmm. in Strike Force. Um, I think Beltor had had mostly good luck with their tournaments lately, especially with the health and keeping at least the, the big matchups intact. So the fact that this happened, you know, I think it's just the game of chance, man, when it comes to injuries. I found a bracket here. And let me see if they've updated it or how it looks. But uh, okay, wild card: Higo and Sabatello. Um. Oh no, 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 no! This is a wild card: Lugo versus Sabatello. The the winner faces Higo, and Stotts faces Archuleta. And then you got Mix versus Horiaguchi. And then you have Magomedov versus the winner of Barzola versus Hill. So this looks like it's been updated. You know, that's kind of fair, I suppose. They're making alternates fight just to get that eighth spot, just to get the spots that Mix and Gallagher just dropped out of. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're still left with six killers. Magomedov, Horiaguchi, Mix, Archuleta, Stotts, and Higo. And then Pettis gets the winner. Now... Pettis would have been acquiring title defenses while winning a million dollars and a Grand Prix belt had he gone all the way through. Right. That's the difference. But title defenses in Bellator, they're they're more about like um, adding to your resume versus title defenses in the UFC means you're getting pay-per-view point. You're getting very lucrative paydays. But the mm-hmm. UFC doesn't really do these tournaments. So that's a little bit of the difference there. Peru goes plays tonight at 4.30. If any of you are looking for something to do tonight at 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, root for Peru. They play Uruguay in Uruguay. 
the South American countries have two two rounds of play left, if I'm not mistaken. The top five teams go to the World Cup later on this year in Qatar. The World Cup is going to take place in October because the summer months when the World Cup is usually held is extremely hot in that part of the world, the Middle East. So we're going to be rooting for our mom's home country to do well. Now, it's a tall task. They're going to Uruguay to play, and Uruguay is one of those countries that does very, very well at home. They got some good stars. They're a little bit aging, but I still think they may still have the type of talent that's that, that's better than Peru's. But Peru does have one home game where I believe they're more talented than the Paraguay team that visits Lima a few days later. And so if they, I think if they can go one and one goes, they should be in. But one and a tie, like really, really, I think you might start creeping up on the fourth spot. See, the fifth spot's a playoff with Oceana. Mm-hmm. But the fourth spot means uses in. What do you think? Can they get a draw in, in Uruguay? I think they can get a draw. I don't think they can win, though. Yeah. Benson Henderson. Tall task. What's that? Even then, it's a tall task. Benson Henderson resigned with Bellator. Yeah, you know, he had been losing some of his fights as of late, and I thought he might even be looking at a retirement. Who knows? But, um, and then one more time goes, let's bring up 1X. We talked to Rich Franklin, Demetrius Johnson, Angela Lee. Um, you know, they got uh, Andre Galval. Uh, he's going to be grappling against Reiner DeRitter, who's their champ champ over there at at 1X in the middleweight and light heavyweight division. And this guy's a really, really good grappler for MMA, but now he's facing just one of the best grapplers ever. Um, we have Sue Ham versus Denise Zambangoa. I forget how, how to say her name, but that might be a number one contender to the main event, which is Angela Lee defending against Stamp Fairtex, Demetrius Johnson versus Road Tang, um, the flyweight Muay Thai champ in mixed rules of Muay Thai MMA, Muay Thai MMA, four rounds, three minutes each. And and then we also have uh, Adriano Moraes defending his belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this card's got a little bit of everything for everyone, you know, even the hardcores. And then, uh, hell, who doesn't want to tune in and, and watch a hybrid fight you know, of MMA and Muay Thai? So it's got a little bit of everything for everyone. I think it's going to be fun. We talked to Rich Franklin yesterday, and I had noted that Nikki Holson, the, one of the kickboxing champions, one of the better ones in the last few years, he's on the card. He stated he heard it was off, and then I looked into it goes, there his opponent was off because on the latest um, – PR piece that one championship sent me just the name had changed but he appears to still be on the card so there's a there's there's kickboxing bouts there's grappling bouts there's MMA bouts there's mixed uh rules bouts and don't forget their Muay Thai fighters <laughs> use four ounce gloves like goes and I would go to Muay Thai fights here in Vegas but they would use the bigger gloves and I, I remember just always thinking if only kickboxers and Muay Thai fighters would use the four ounce gloves. Wow. Like now you, you'd get even way more knockouts. Cause these are clean surgical kickboxers that, um, you know, that can hit you with a four ounce glove, man. Holy cow. That's pretty nutty that I'll give it up to one championship for always kind of like 
exploring different types of rules. Remember, they they can do the pride kicks, if I'm not mistaken, and the knees on the down opponent. So you can soccer kick someone in the face when they're down. You can heel stomp them when they're down. You can knee them in, in the face when they're down. Um, at first, they tried it with permission from the ref. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. And, and then I think they finally said, oh, fuck that. You know, like, how can you look at the ref and go, is it cool if I knee him in the, in, in, the, in the head? And he goes, well, yeah, yeah, you got my permission. Like, all that's happening so quick, but now it's just open season. Can you imagine if he just did it and then just said, I thought he said, yeah, like, I mean, there's so many. There is the referee. Like, no, said, nah. like, I mean, that yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Look, everything else that you can get a hands on, it's all available for you there on MMA Junkies front page. Check it out. The guys and gals work hard. The guys and gal, we have one gal on our on our team, Farah Hanun. They work very, very hard to just keep the stories pouring in. I wish one day you all could look at our group channels that we have to see how they work in conjunction together and and get everything out to your socials. So at least give us a follow, you know, on these socials, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. We're everywhere, and the stories get put out everywhere, and they're done in a very professional manner, and and um, I got to always give them a shout-out. Hopefully I didn't leave out anything. Nolan King, happy birthday. Ken Hathaway, way to go. Dan, Tom, can't wait to have you back. Peru, get them. Let's get them tonight. And uh, Colby. Jorge, Connor, for crying out loud, man, just enjoy your riches and stop doing stuff. Even Chael's and even Chael's. Yeah, Chael's got 11 counts against them. I think 11 are misdemeanors and one might be a felony. And see, I think ESPN may have suspended him for now. His, I'm hearing, was more of a um, self-defense. And I'm going to teach these guys a lesson, but Chael's so like likable and charming. Uh, these guys must have been some pretty, you know, some assholes. Or Chael must have just had a bad week and snapped. You know, I don't know. I've never really heard stuff behind the scenes. It was at the Luxor at the whole hotel next door where we used to broadcast from, but it seems so unchael like. He just always seems to be kind of in the moment and not not ready to flip out on anyone anyway folks enjoy your day and uh we'll see you all on monday with another edition of mma junkie radio go out there and be a champion Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.